0: Thomas. Michael. You know, pal, we don't like to just uh, entertain, but we like to inform. And I've got some informing to do that might help people, whether it's a job interview, whether it's meeting that woman or man on that first date. This is how to make a good impression in 15 seconds. Can you believe you can do that? I hope so. (laughs) A leading behavioral scientist has come up with some pointers that people might want to take note of. You ready? Here we go. It says, be mindful of a person's personal space. Don't stand too close, but also don't stand far enough away that you have to raise your voice.
1: That makes sense, right? Thinking about that classic police song from the 80s. Yeah. Don't stand. Don't stand. Stand.
0: Treat the person like you would that of a friend. That makes sense. Master small talk by speaking to them about themselves and their accomplishments. They always like People always like to you know, be able to talk about themselves, don't they?
1: Yes. You got to draw them out. This
0: says dress in an outfit that makes you feel confident as the brain is wired to behave based on how you feel you look. Now, that makes sense, doesn't it? You, when you get up, you want to put on a pair of clothes that you feel confident in, right? One that covers up your fatness. That's right. <laughs> Stand tall and never have your arms folded. Or you can try a knock-knock joke. Do you ever do that? Knock-knock. Yeah, who's there? TK. 2K, who? Truckin' Tom. There you Cookin go. Can kid. If an article like this, you know, works for you, you know what that tells me? That your parents failed you. Because parents are supposed to teach these kind of things when you're growing up, aren't they?
1: Yeah, along with fishing and hunting and... <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on where you grow up. Yeah, I grew yeah. up just outside of Mayberry, my friend. Well, if you're in Detroit, you don't want to go hunting, do you? Well, it depends on what side but, of town you're in. There you go. And here, I'm going to throw this in for myself. Don't ever let them see you sweat. And that doesn't necessarily always mean, you know, physical sweat. It can mean, you know, just being nervous. And how do you not be nervous? I always heard nervous being a little bit anxious or on edge, especially in a job interview, would probably be okay. Yeah. Did you ever, when you're single, did you ever go on a blind date? No.
0: Never? No. How about you? Yes. Yes. How would it work out? Not too good, <laughs> not too good. I remember telling the bartender, give me a double right away. Did the bartender
1: set you up with a date? No, I, it, it was one, of, I can't remember how it happened. I was thinking maybe the bartender set you up with a date with a twin and you said, give me a double. <laughs> 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 uh, you no. know, one time, here's how sick I was when I was
0: single. For sick long, and single. One time a woman called, it was the wrong number. I talked to her, she had a nice pleasant voice. We started talking on the phone. We talked for about 15 minutes. And then, you know. You were looking up. Yeah. We asked to describe ourselves, right? And she tells me what she looks like. And I said, man, this is pretty hot. So I can't believe I did this. But I was young and stupid. I told her, let's meet. So we met at this train station not too far from my house. And I was in my little Volkswagen at the time. And this woman comes driving in. And she must have been 300 pounds. As I saw her come toward me and and <laughs> roll down the window, I said, sorry, my brother just called. I got to go. He's in a bit of a bind. I'll talk to you later. And just pulled out, not looking back. Oh, she was so hurt. She was I know. crushed. But she lied to me, Thomas. Yeah. I didn't lie to her. False advertising. That's right. If the tables were turned, how would you have felt? I don't know, but I was honest. I told her who I look like and you know, blah, blah, blah. Who'd At you, the time you? I said I was a cross between Tony Danza and Don Johnson. No. <laughs> Tom and Mike. I consider you the egg man. And I will we'll get to that in a second. But first of all The egg man. Well let me explain this. First Cuckoo. of all Could well, The Washington Post did a study and they found out how many of the average American people eat an egg in a year? How many average how many eggs do you think the average American eats in a year?
1: I'm going to say, just spitballing here, 300. Did you look? No, I swear I didn't. That's right on the knob. Really? Yep. (laughs) A couple of eggs every other day, which works out to be about 300. 300 eggs a year. The government says- Exactly?
0: Exactly. Government says Americans are eating the most eggs in a 50-year span, and they believe this is because the egg renaissance is a shift in federal nutrition guidelines and understanding of cholesterol. And that eating high-cholesterol foods like eggs isn't all that bad.
1: Yeah, definitely it's worked out that way for me because the only eggs I used to eat up until recently were egg whites. Well, they're
0: so good that they're doing a commercial. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. And this is your brain with a side odor of bacon. How about that? (laughs) Now, look, you are an expert in eggs, and I'll tell people why. One time, Thomas came to my house for breakfast, and I made him this omelet. I plated it. Served it to him in the, in the kitchen or in the dining room. And I went back into the kitchen to do some stuff. A couple minutes later, I look over. Thomas has still not touched his eggs. He's picking at it out at his fork and he won't eat it. And then he explains to me how it was such a terrible omelet. So, Thomas, I want you to explain to people how
1: you make the perfect omelet. Well, first off, you overcooked it. Tell people how to make the perfect omelet. All right, omelet. but when you overcook an egg, you know what happens? It gets all wrinkly. right. I hate that. (laughs) You had the most wrinkly eggs, I swear. It was like your grandmother's eggs, (laughs) right? You know, Really, really wrinkly. So here's what you got to do. Okay, this is the perfect egg. Now, tell me how you want me to make it, and I'll tell you how to do it. Well, just a regular, let's say a Western omelet. Okay, so you want to do an omelet. Right. I do it the French style. First off, you take a couple of eggs, and you run some hot water, and you put the eggs in the hot water, and you let them bathe. And as they're bathing, they're sort of warming up to room temperature, okay? hmm And then once that happens, you break the yolks. You don't put any milk or anything like that in there. You just take a fork, not a whisk or a spatula. You take a fork, and you beat those eggs until they're nice and smooth, okay? hmm In the meantime, you warm an omelet pan Very, very hot. Get it very, very hot. Then you take a stick of butter, and you go around the omelet pan. I like to use a non-stick pan, okay? But Mm -hmm. I put butter inside. Gives it a nice flavor, and you can be assured it's not going to stick. So you got your eggs all whipped up, and then you're going to pour it into that really hot pan with the butter, right? Mm -hmm. And you lower the temperature from, let's say, 8 to 5 for about 30 seconds. Then you lower it all the way down to 3, Okay, and you let that cook very, very slowly. And then you lower it again down to like one and a half. Jeez, this is like a class in eggnometry. Yes, eggnometry (laughs) by Tom Kent. Anyway, you will have the most perfect omelet. Oh, by the way, as it's sort of bubbling up there, you take your spatula and you poke it. That way, the runny part of the egg goes back down into the pan and cooks. Okay. Mm mm-hmm that is the perfect omelet, low and slow. Everybody knows if this has been too
0: fast for you, you can always go to our podcast at whatsthisworldcomingto.com and you can take a piece of paper and a pencil and write this down. And then you can see if, if Thomas created the perfect omelet for you guys, right? That's right. Tom and Mike. I know you're going to like this study. Penn State did a study and they found out how many people are unaffiliated with religion today. What would you say the amount of people that say they're not affiliated with a religion? How many what percent? Cuz you hit the egg thing right on the nose. What about this one? I'm going to go with 60% not affiliated with religion? R. Oh, R. Well, you're close. It's 23% aren't. Okay. 1 in 10 people say they don't believe in God, but only 3% identify as an atheist. 10 Most reasons.
1: people aren't going to say they don't believe in anything. You know, a lot of people are going to be like you. They'll say well, you know, I'm I'm a spiritual person. I right. believe in something. I believe something's out there. I can't really quantify it. I can't really put my finger on it. I do have a certain amount of faith. That would be you, right? Yeah. People are embarrassed to tell strangers they don't believe in God. Many Americans have a complicated
0: relationship with religion. They celebrate things like Easter, but they don't have a devout faith, but they follow our cultural tradition and they cherish that. And, uh, you know the two-thirds of atheists today
1: identify as Democrats? So those godly Democrats, right? The irony is religion and politics don't always mix, so I would argue that that really means nothing in the long run.
0: No, I don't know if I'm an atheist, but all I know is I jumped the hell out of a car as soon as they put on a
1: Christian station. How about you? You know what I noticed about Christian music? What's that? A lot of the artists try to sound like, you know, the artist of today. Right? right. It's almost like a knockoff kind of thing. Right. right.
0: So... Atheism is ticking up in this country, and I got to believe a lot of it has to do with, you know, let's face it, the Catholic Church hasn't come out smelling too good in the last few decades. All these wars are over religion, so I guess people are getting a little fed up, aren't
1: they? As long as you don't Google scandals in Catholic Church, I think you're going to be okay there. Tom and
0: Mike, I got another Florida story for you. You ready? You love those Florida stories. Well, they just keep popping up. I can't help it. I just look at them. Authorities say a Florida man accused of threatening his family and using Coldplay lyrics as as a way to threaten them. They ended a five-hour standoff with police after he was promised a slice of pizza. That's all it took? That's all it took, He was getting hungry. Pizza. Is there anything it can't do? Come on. It's the miracle food. They tried to coax this guy out of the house. The first offer of donuts left over in the back of the police cruiser, it was flatly rejected, right? Really? Yep. And then he wanted a calzone, but that was too much. Nice to have great abs, but have you tried pizza? Because I love my pizza. We had pizza Friday night. It was terrible. Oh, yeah? Where'd you go? It was just some, Claire wanted to try this place that we hadn't tried before, and we brought it back and
1: heated it up, and it was just, it wasn't, you know... Let me tell you my secret for takeout pizza. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And I bought this, I don't know, a while back, but I bought it at one of those dollar stores, one of those discount stores, right? Right. I paid like almost nothing for it, but it's been one of the most valuable things I've ever owned. It's a pizza bag. You've seen those bags that the pizza delivery people carry the pizzas in to keep them hot. Yeah. The great thing about those bags... They really do work. They keep your pizza hot till you get home. And here's the other thing. Let's say you want to go for some homemade ice cream somewhere. Right. You can put that homemade ice cream in there, and it, it stays cold all the or way you, home. Isn't that great? Cool, or you could have a cooler in the back of your car. Just put it in there, right? No, it's a plastic bag. It's uh, so much easier than a cooler. But the point being, you walk into a pizza shop with one of those bags and think you're a delivery guy, you know? <laughs> so sometimes you get a discount for having a bag. Yeah. Yeah, I usually like to put it over my head when I'm, I'm embarrassed.
0: You know what's great about pizza? You can't turn water into wine, but you can turn pizza into breakfast. How about that? Oh, now. Now you're talking. Yeah, a nice cold pizza with a cup of coffee, a cup did of Did you Joe. have
1: that Saturday morning? Yes, I did. The bad pizza? Yep, the bad pizza. Did it taste better on Saturday morning, cold? It, it did, but I was upset with myself because I usually
0: allow myself to only have carbs Friday night and Saturday night, not Saturday morning. And if you're looking to find someone, a real soulmate, a true mate, you just hope to find someone that looks at you the way Louie Anderson looks at pizza. Tom and Mike! All right, so this is for my millennial friends out there. Do you know that social media is making millennials less social? Did you know that? I can believe that. Because it makes sense, because smartphones are making that less smart too, aren't they? Correcto Monday. They say that social media, it's not all what it's cracked up to be. It causes depression and anxiety, cyberbullying, fear of missing out, unrealistic expectations, negative body image, I don't know what that has to do with, unhealthy sleep patterns,
1: and just a general addiction. Hey, you're not going to get an argument from me. I'm not a big social guy. I have Facebook. I go on Facebook every once in a while, see what's going on. But I I don't like to participate. Oh, it's so-and-so's birthday. Really? Do I have to wish them a happy birthday? Right. I don't want to do that. And more friends on social media doesn't necessarily mean you have
0: more you're more social. It just means that you're connecting with people over the internet, which doesn't mean a
1: damn thing, right? That's right, and you know, a lot of these people, they actually think that these people who are so-called friends on Facebook are actually friends, really? Yeah, everybody's doing
0: it. The other day I asked a guy, I said how he was doing, he said, fine, but read the details on my blog. He couldn't even tell me, he said, read my blog. Mm. mm. here's the problem, you spend a day on Facebook, and every
1: time, believe in you have actual social life, you don't, you're just talking to people on the internet. It's crazy. That's right. I wonder what the percentage of the American population is that actually participates in social media. Would you have those numbers?
0: No, I don't. But I'm guessing
1: between the ages of like 16 and 30, it's pretty high. No, I'm not talking about that. I mean, I think the demos for people who participate are all over the place. I think senior citizens love Facebook and all that crap. But what I'm talking about is the number of people, regardless of their age, who actually participate in social media, right? Would you get that number and follow up and let us know on our next little get together here on the radio? Would you, would you do that for me? You know, people today, they go, anybody have plans to stare at their phone someplace exciting this
0: weekend? That's what they do. They go and they sit at a bar. I've seen couples sit at a bar or a, a table waiting for their dinner and they're both staring at their phones, not talking.
1: See, they have more of a relationship with that device than they do one another. Don't you hate that? Uh, It's not my family, buddy. Not me. Tom and Mike. In California,
0: some prison guards at a California prison are accused of orchestrating gladiator fights, releasing inmates from rival gangs into the yard at the same time to take away their boredom. How about that, Tom? Gladiator fights? Yep. Gladiator fights. Well, I guess you'd have to be really bored to go down that road, right? Right, And I want to know, did they wear gladiator sandals? Did they give them gladiator sandals. You know, real gladiators were highly trained athletes. You know that. This is more likely, you know, like dog fighting or possibly bear baiting. How about that? You know what the first rule of prison fight club is? What? You know this. Don't drop the soap. <laughs> so, doesn't this sound like this would make a great TV show? The bloodlust of these people in America that we have, they stop at a you know what happens every time there's an accident on the highway.
1: People stop to look at it. They would love this. I guess if somebody's interested in a rehab show, they might be interested in a gladiator reality show. Call it Thunderdome Part 2,
0: baby. Come on. All right. It sounds like a good solution to cut down on that prison overcrowding, doesn't it? There you go. Huh? You know, in Thailand, they actually have official programs where they pit violent inmates against world-class Thai jiu fighters. Did
1: you know that? I did not. So you don't want to go to Thailand, do you, and get thrown in jail? Yeah. And you know what happens? What's that? In Thailand. What? The folks at Amazon put you to work in their offshore customer service department. What do they do? I hear who you talk to a lot? Oh, my gosh. Every <laughs> time I call in for any kind of customer service, they're in Thailand. What's up with that? Or the Philippines. What's up with that? Usually, for me, it's India. Yeah.
0: It's very awkward when you get a, a customer support person that, that you can't understand
1: it's kind of rude but I you know I feel like saying can I get somebody else but I not Well don't. you can you can you can ask for somebody in the US now they'll put you on hold forever they will mhm but you can communicate better which if you can stand the whole time and the funky music you might right. be okay Tom and Mike